We have been uh, speaking this month about walking with God, and we are in our third lesson this this uh, month of July on walking with God. We've covered quite a bit about, you know, what the Bible says that two cannot walk together unless what? Amen. There's nothing better than being in agreement with the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Amen. And uh, our, we took from our, our theme scripture was from Genesis 5.22. The benefit of walking with God is that he's going to take you out of this place. Amen. That's the benefit of walking with God. You know, uh, Elijah told Elisha, listen, if you see me, if you're walking with me, if you're following me, when I go, you know what? You're going to get the double blessing. So that made Elisha determine, listen, I'm not going to let you out of my eyesight. No matter where Elijah went, he said, I'm coming with you. When we stick that close to God, he's going to take us out of this place. He's going to give us protection. He's going to give us the double blessing. It was because the disciples were with him in the garden that they couldn't arrest them. If they had caught them by themselves, the soldiers could have arrested them. But when he came in the garden, when they followed him even to the garden, and they went to arrest the, the disciples, he said, leave them alone. Amen. And they had to just leave them alone. He said, it is I who you're looking for. The Bible said that they fell backwards when he said, I am he. When Jesus is with you and, and that divine word comes forth, Satan's going to have to fall backwards. Amen. Hallelujah. Genesis 5.22 tells us this. It says, And Enoch walked with God after he begat Methuselah 300 years and begat sons and daughters. And all the days of Enoch were 365 years. And Enoch walked with God. That is my prayer. Lord, I want to walk with you. I want to be close to you. I want to be following you. And he was not, for God took him. That means he was taken out of this place. He didn't have to go through the flood. He didn't have to go through God's wrath because he was taken out of this place. Now, we've covered a, a, quite a bit on walking with God. This week, we want to speak about walking with the Spirit. Amen. Walking in the Spirit is walking in the Word. John 6.63 says, It is the Spirit that gives life or quickeneth. The flesh profiteth nothing. Jesus said, the words which I speak are spirit and they are life. Every time God wanted to do something, he spoke it, didn't he? He said, let there be. And I've said so many times, those three words coming from God are so powerful. If God says, let there be, the only answer is? Are you sure about that? Are you sure about that? When God says, let there be, the only answer is, there's nothing that can resist his will. Did you know that? Nothing can resist God's will. God is so awesome. If I start thinking about him and you see me up here smiling, <laughs> I, 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 I don't even know where to begin. <laughs> I'm on stream, so I have to be, I have to be careful. <laughs> careful what I say. Amen. Amen. But... I'm thinking about some things. You know, I went down, this place is in, in Tennessee, and uh, there were some good old boys down there. <laughs> I, I went in, and there were some good old boys. But you know what? The Lord just uh, did something, and they were just fine. They were, in fact, they bent over backwards to be, to be pleasant and nice and talking with me. Amen. God is such a good God. Amen. Amen. Somebody, well, several people last Tuesday, you know, I cut off the stream because I said I wanted to say something. 
Oh, boy, that, that all the people who are online were trying to, what did you say? I said, well, if you had been here, I might have to do that more often. Uh, okay, I'm going to say something special. You all at home, you'll just have to find out later. Amen, amen. But last Tuesday when I said I had some more to say, I got texts. I got people texting me, say, what did you say? I said, well... If you were here, amen. So we'll, we'll have to end every, every Bible study with, all right, I'm about to say something. You can cut the stream now. Amen. God's word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. God gives us just enough light to see the next step. You know, if he was to show us the whole path, we'd be like a deer in head. We'd be so scared. But he just gives us enough to take the next step by faith, by faith. That's what we have to do is take the next step. And walking with God is walking in the word and with the word. The Bible says the word is a lamp unto my feet. Why? So that you can walk, right? You don't need a lamp if you're not going anywhere. You can sit in darkness quite okay where you are. But if you're going to go somewhere... And it's dark. You need a light. God's word is the light. Amen. God's word is the lamp unto my feet. David wrote, and a light unto my path. If you need direction, if you're not sure where to go, you need to go to God's word. It will give you the light to show you this is the way. Walk in it. You see, walking takes something. Did you know that? Walking, any, any act, physical activity takes something. You know what it takes? What do we need to live? Breath, breath. You need breath before you need water, right? You may go two days, three days without water, but you won't go two, two, three days without breathing. In fact, maybe six minutes, then you have brain damage. And by 10 minutes, you're, you're out. If you're going to walk, you need God's breath. Did you hear what I'm saying? If we're going to walk with God, we need his spirit, his breath, the Ruach, to walk with us. John 20, 19 says this. Then the same day at evening, being the first day of the week, this is after he was crucified, when the doors were shut, they were hiding, they were worried, they were scared. When the doors were shut, where the disciples were assembled for fear of the Jews, suddenly came Jesus and stood in the midst and saith unto them, Peace be unto you. Because they were worried that they were going to get arrested. They didn't get it. They didn't get it that while he was with them, he'd been protecting them. He had told them, though, you better go get a sword now because I'm going. And so they were, they were locked up in this room, and they were worried that, that they were going to get arrested. Then Jesus appeared, and he gave these words, peace be unto you. You know, you can be facing a situation, and you don't know what's going to happen or how you're going to deal with it. But if suddenly you pray, and Jesus appears in your room, and he says, peace be unto you, you can have a rest and a relaxation. The Bible says a peace that passes human understanding. When everybody else is saying, I don't know how you're dealing with this. <laughs> you can have a smile on your face. You can say, because he gives me a peace. You know, God must be really mad with me. Because every time something difficult happens, he fixes it. Even before I can start to deal with it. And, and he must be saying, oh, you have little faith. Why did you even begin to get worried about it? You know, I can't even tell you. I'm sorry. I can't even tell you. 
No, well, maybe. <laughs> Let me think about it. Let me see if I can figure a way of telling you some things anyway. And when he said this, he breathed on them. You know what he was doing? He was preparing them to walk with him. Remember, you can't do anything without breathing. In fact, breathing is the very test that you're alive. The first thing when they see a body, they say, is there, is there, are they breathing? And if they're not breathing, that's the first thing that they have to start to do is do chest palpitations. Let's do some, some mouth to mouth. We've got to get the breath. If you're going to walk with God, you need to get the breath. He needs to breathe upon you. You need the spirit to refresh you. Amen. Else you're not going to go very fast. You know, um, asthma takes away your breath. When you have asthma, you, 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 you're, you're trying to even just breathe. It, it, you're, you're weak even when you're not even doing anything. We need to get strength through God's spirit. And that starts with getting his word. He breathed on them a word. It wasn't just a whoosh. He said something. Listen to what he said. He said, receive ye the Holy Ghost. He was pronouncing and declaring that in 40 days they would get this wind from heaven that would enable them to walk on. Amen. Without God's breath, you cannot walk with him. Without that breath, the Bible says if he was to withdraw his breath, we would all just turn back into dust. Amen. I was watching a program on, on the planets. They were, they were trying to figure out why is it that uh, the planets like Mars is the way it is. It has almost no atmosphere. It's not breathable. It has about 100th the atmosphere that Earth has. And they were explaining the reason why that they believe that many, many years ago, thousands of years ago, or millions as they believe, that, that the planet was like Earth. It had an atmosphere. And it had, it had running water. And they were trying to say, how come that now it's turned into this nothing but this desert? And the reason is, is because Earth has protection. Earth has so many things that are unique that preserve life. In fact, what it is that keeps the, our atmosphere is the fact that we have a magnetic field. And that magnetic field surrounds and covers the earth. And what it does is the, the, the particles that come from the sun that would come and strip away the atmosphere, when they come, they, they bypass, they go round. They go around and they cover, and you see the result of it when you see the northern lights. What you're seeing is those particles hitting the magnetic field. See, God has provided a covering so that we have an atmosphere that we can live. God has given the Holy Spirit to give you an atmosphere that you can live, that you can live and breathe and have our being. Isn't that what the scripture says? In whom we move, live, and have our being. Walking with God is not just deciding you're going to walk with God because you try and do that in the flesh, you're going to fail. You can't do it. That's why Jesus appeared to them after the resurrection and he told them this. He said, he breathed on them and said unto them, receive ye the Holy Ghost. I believe verse 22 of John 20 is given us a revelation of Genesis 2 when God breathed on Adam. And what does the scripture say? He became. Now in Genesis, it doesn't tell us what he said. In John 20, what is being revealed is the what God said. I believe it was the same thing. He breathed on them and he says, receive the spirit. Because what did the verse before say? What does the spirit say in John 6, 63? It is the spirit that does what? 
and flesh profits nothing. The words which I have spoken to you are the spirit and our life. It was God giving man, Adam, his spirit that made him a son of God. Without that sonship, the Bible says, if you don't have his spirit, you're what? Now that's harsh, but it's true. People don't like to hear uh, that, but that's what God said. I didn't say it. He says, without his spirit, he doesn't even know you. You're not part of the family. Amen. If you have my last name, you're somehow related to me. So your, your sons and your daughters, they, I hope they have some relationship that gives them uh, uh, access to you. We have access to God through his spirit. Through his spirit. The Bible says in Hebrews 4.16, we can come boldly to a throne of grace. It's only through his spirit. Amen. So it was this spiritual breath that enables us to truly walk. Without God's spirit, we will not be able to keep up. We can try, but we will fail. It's when he breathed on them and he said, receive ye the Holy Ghost. He was empowering them. He was enabling them that they could take a spiritual breath and walk with him. Because the Bible says that God is a spirit. And they that worship him must worship him in in spirit and in truth. Now, there's some churches, they have the truth, but they don't have the spirit. And there's some churches have the spirit, but they don't have all the truth. The Bible says that those that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. So to walk by the spirit, then, is to breathe God's words. Imagine if, if every word that came out of our mouth was something good. Isn't that what Jesus said? It's what comes out of you that defiles you. You think you could go a day without saying anything negative? It's harder than you think. Because our nature, our very nature is to condemn. Man, that guy just cut me off. Don't they know how to drive? <laughs> Man, it's, it's daylight. What are they waiting for? Light's green. What they wait? You know, out of our mouth can come such negativity. Who do they think they are? Jesus said something very profound. He says, it's not what goes into you that defiles you, but it's what comes out because it really shows what you are inside. Think you could go a day with just positive things? Amen. You know, as I said before, if any of us won, I think I heard, I read somewhere today that the Powerball is up to 500 million or something like that. See now, if any of you won that, how mad are you going to be all day? <laughs> now, see, just thinking about it, you're all smiling. Just the thought. Just the thought. In fact, you would take one million, right? I'd go cheaper than that. <laughs> Just the thought brings a smile to our face. And it, as I said, you know, people could cuss you out. You'd be going, have a good day. Bless you, my, my brother. You just go on there. You know, if you have a joy that comes from within, then what people say externally can't hurt you as much. If you had just been told you want a million dollars... Uh, you're not going to be too mad. You're going to say, have a good day. If we understood that the Bible says that we have something even greater than the Powerball, 
In my message, I'm going to talk about that. He breathed on them and said, receive ye the Holy Ghost. This is the first step with being able to truly walk with God. To walk by the Spirit is to breathe the Word. Spiritual breathing is like physical. Now, it's a two-way thing, right? You inhale, but then you have to exhale. That's breathing, isn't it? Right? You can't, it's not a one-way thing. You can't just breathe in and then that's it. You'll still die. And it's not a one-time thing. None of us are dolphins, right? A dolphin or a whale, they can take one breath and be gone for an hour. Now, there's some divers that have trained themselves to be, I, th- I think the record is like maybe eight, ten minutes. They can, they can take one breath and not breathe for ten minutes. There have been people who have trained themselves, but you can't go too much further than that. So breathing is not a one-time, it, it, the breath you got when you got the Holy Ghost can't, can't be the same breath today. You will still die. You have to do it many times. When I was much younger, I, 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 I volunteered. Uh, my school had a program where you volunteered to help in a, in a hospital. So I worked in a hospital uh, for a week, and they put me in the geriatric ward, which wasn't fun, but... <laughs> and I really learned to appreciate the nurses. But there was, because it was a geriatric ward, they had some very, you know, sad cases, some people who were at the end of their, their lives. And I remember coming in into the, this room where this, this man, and I thought he was dead because I was watching him and he wasn't breathing. And I was watching and I was watching and he did breathe, but it was every like 30 seconds. It was, and he didn't breathe again. It was, it was getting longer and longer and longer. And I was just amazed because, you know, normally for life, if you're resting, it's about, your respiration is about, your heart rate's about 60 beats per minute or, or, or higher. When you're sleeping, it's about 50. But think at how many times you breathe. You do it so often, it has become unconscious. You don't even think about it. Imagine if we were that way with the spirit. If it became unconscious, our, our spirit relationship, our spirit breathing. But many of us, we, we try to be like world record divers. We take the one breath at church, and we think that's going to hold us all week. We think we're going to go all week and, and not, not get another breath. So we have to exhale. And I, I just put this this way, that exhaling is confession. Right? There, breathing is a two-way. Jesus gives us his spirit, and then we give him back praise. We give him back thanks, and sometimes we have to confess. I put down there spiritual breathing like physical breathing is a process of exhaling all the things that are impure and and then breathing in uh, what God has given us, his words, and exercise in faith that enables us for you to experience God's love and forgiveness is that we have to confess. Once we've got it off of our chests, don't you feel better? They said, I got to get this off of my chest. I got to tell you, I got to get, when we do that with God, we're exhaling spiritually. And then we can breathe in and then we can walk. More than that, we may be able to even run. Psalms 150 verse 6 says, let everything that hath breath. So God gives us his spirit, then we breathe out praises. Amen. Today in our second service, I hope that's what you came to do. Give God some praise. He gave you breath. 
He woke you up this morning. He enabled your heart to keep breathing. So we exhale praise. I'm going to thank him. Lord, I thank you. I was looking out the airplane window and I was looking at all of those clouds on it when we're way above the clouds. And I was just thinking, isn't it amazing when you look at those clouds? They got millions of tons of water and it's just God's power and air that is holding that up. It's God's power that sustains us and gives us the ability to wake up every morning. Let everything that hath breath praise the Lord. Praise ye the Lord. So I said, to walk, it's a two-way thing. You've got to breathe. You can't walk just by inhaling. Breathing is a continuous thing. If we're going to walk, we're going to have to do some both things. We see that, and one of my favorite people in the Bible is Daniel. And I, I used him last week to say, look at this, that there's almost, there's nothing negative in the Bible spoken about Daniel. Yet, here's Daniel doing what I just said. He's exhaling. Daniel 9, chapter 3. And he says, and I set my face unto the Lord to seek by prayer and supplications with fasting and with sackcloth and ashes. And I prayed unto the Lord my God and made my confession. You know what he was doing? He was exhaling. He was purging. He was, he was breathing out. You have to breathe out to breathe in. And said, oh, that's why God can't bless us because we won't empty our lungs so he can fill it. Amen. We won't give him praise so that he can fill it with, with his blessing. We, we try and take the one breath on Sundays, maybe Tuesdays. See how long we can go. <laughs> Here is Daniel confessing, even when the Bible has nothing negative to say about him. He said, oh, Lord, the great and dreadful God, keeping the covenant and mercy. Let's say mercy, mercy. to them that love him and to them that keep his commandments. We have sinned. We have sinned and have committed. And you know what he was doing? He was making sure he got all that stuff out. He was clearing his, his, his lungs. Sometimes you have to breathe some fresh air. Sometimes you're in an atmosphere where you've taken in some stuff that is not good. You just have to go outside and go, <sighs> come to church and breathe in some new spirit, some new word that's going to help you, you know, get your second breath. When you're running a race and you start to play, say, talking about getting your second breath. He says, we have sinned and have committed iniquity and have done wickedly and have rebelled even by departing from thy precepts. You know, he wasn't just praying for himself. He was praying for his whole nation, Israel. If we're going to walk, we need to pray for others too. We need to lift up others as well. Departing from thy precepts and even from thy judgments. You know, he goes on here, he says, and I prayed unto the Lord my God and made my confession. So confession is exhaling. Well, I'm talking about walking with God, and as I'm trying to, to say, to walk, you have to breathe. Part of walking with God is confessing. When you get in your private closet and say, Lord, I messed up, I need your help. Uh, I, I have these thoughts, man, I, I, I was angry the other day That's, that so-and-so crossed my path, and I, I, and I thought some thoughts. We may not even have said it. We may not even have said it. That's why David prayed, Lord, forgive me from, from what he called it, what those sins. Presumptuous. Sometimes we may do stuff and we don't even realize we've done something that is displeasing to God because we weren't even thinking about it. So confession is exhaling. You know, when we come here today, we can, we can confess to God, Lord, I need you today. 
Lord, I really, I really need you in my life. I can't make it without you. So to walk, as I said, you must breathe. I want to give you another example. In Daniel 9.21, it says, Yes, while I was speaking in prayer, even the man Gabriel, whom I had seen in the vision at the beginning, being caused to fly swiftly, touched me about the time of the evening oblation, the evening offering. And he informed me and talked with me and said, Oh, Daniel, see, see the process he exhaled, and now God's going to fill him with some knowledge. It's a two-way process. And he informed me and, and talked with me and said, Oh, Daniel, I am now come forth to give thee skill and understanding. And at the beginning of thy supplications, the commandment came forth, and I am come to show thee, for thou art greatly beloved. Therefore, understand the matter and consider the vision. He exhaled by confessing, and now God is going to fill him with some knowledge and some fruit. This is the process of spiritual breathing so that we can learn to walk with God. Amen. I hope today you came to breathe deeply. I hope today you came to exhale some praises and some thanks to God. Consider the vision. So part of what we do is to breathe. But also when we walk, the next thing we need is some food. Right? The first thing is you need breath. But after you start walking, you may start to get a bit hungry because you're burning up some calories. We're in a fight. Did you know that? And it's going to take some, 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 some calories, some, some energy to deal with Satan. And you know, Jesus gives us the perfect example of that because the Bible says he was led of the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. And afterwards, after 40 days, he hungered. And Satan came to him knowing he was hungry and said, Hey, you know, you can just turn that stuff into bread. Now, it wasn't a sin to do it, but it was a sin to obey who was telling him. Do you understand? Sometimes uh, Satan may, may not come at you with something that's an outright sin. He just wants you to, to start listening to him. That's all he's trying to do is get you to listen. Then the next step will be something a little bit further down the wrong path. This is what Jesus answered. Luke 4, 4. And Jesus answered him saying, it is written that man shall not live. And you've heard this so many times. By bread, natural bread alone. But by what? Every word of God. We can only walk by the word of God. Because as the, in, it, it said in uh, Romans, I think, it says 663, the words that I speak, they are spirit. And they are, when God speaks some words into your life, they can bring back from the death any circumstance. God is, is so good. He is so merciful. He is so great. Amen. And in my life, all I can tell you, he has never failed me. He must be sometimes a bit mad with me because I'm human and sometimes I get a little weak need when I see certain things. And he's saying, look, why are you worried? Why are you concerned? Why are you, why are you, um, you know, down about this? I'm trying to debate whether I can tell you some stuff. <laughs> Well, you know we went through a lot of expenses in the last month, right, with the, with the uh, women's prayer breakfast, uh, many, many thousands of dollars to put that on. And I was looking at our church accounts, and I was, you know, and then last night, last night God just did a, I call it a miracle. Someone was inspired to just, and I saw one, one transaction come in, and I was about to say thank you, 
and I was starting to, and then another one came in, and I was about to say thank you, and then another one came in, and I was about to say thank you, and then another one came in. And it about put everything back where it was. It's like God was trying to slap me and say, oh, you of little faith. Because he, he works in mysterious ways. Amen. God is such a good God. Amen. See, we think we have to figure it out and make it right. And how are we going to do this now? We got this problem. But he says, you got to enter into my rest. The only place we should be walking is into his rest. Where he's saying, listen, I got this. Now in the world, they have this saying, hold my beer. You ever heard that saying? God does not saying hold my beer, but he's, he's doing the same thing. He's saying, just step aside. Let me fight this. Hezekiah was surrounded. The city of Jerusalem was surrounded by 200,000, an army of 200,000 came. And they started mocking Hezekiah and the Jews and saying, listen, your God didn't save these other towns. Look what we did to them. We're going to wipe you guys out. Hezekiah just took the letter and he went straight to the temple. And he laid it before God. And he said, God, you know it's not so much us they're, they're mocking, it's you. They're saying you can't defend us. God just said, step aside. You won't even have to go out your, your gate. I got this. The, God just sent one angel. One angel. And destroyed 180,000. He left a few left so they could go tell the story. He, he didn't wipe them all out. Else no one would have believed it. He left enough so that they could run home and say, don't go down there. Don't mess with them Jews. Their God is God. My God is God. See, we need to eat God's words. Otherwise, we will not be strong. It is written that man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word of God. Do you understand that God could lead you through a less troubled experience. You know, he could do that. He could make it so you never have any trouble. But then you would never learn. God led the children of Israel into the wilderness. Just as how Jesus was led into the wilderness. Just as how me and you are going to have to have a wilderness experience. If you're walking with God. Now you can say, Lord, I'm not, uh, that don't look right. Why are you leading me there? That, that, there's no food there. It's empty. The sun, there's, that's a bad way. But you know what God commanded them to do? You got to follow the cloud. You got to follow the pillar of fire. You know where God led them? Right up to the Red Sea where mountains on either side and Pharaoh's army behind them. Why? So he could dis demonstrate his power. See, God wanted to demonstrate his power last night. I was about to start thanking this person and... They just kept on sending stuff. They sent four different things that just about would have made everything even again. That was God. That was God. He will lead you into a wilderness so that he can demonstrate a few things. He wants to show off. If we trust him, he wants to show you he can make water come out of a rock. He wants to show you he can make food fall from the sky. He wants to show you he can make your enemies come and tell you sorry. 
I really am sorry. Will you forgive me? See, this verse that Jesus quoted was not a new verse. It comes from Deuteronomy where God told them the same thing. He said that I I, I took you this way so that I could show you that man does not live by bread alone, but by every word. Listen, you can get to a place where you're living on the word of God. I, I, I want to tell you that you can live on the... He has done enough miracles in my life that I know that. You can get to a place, you know, where you're, you're not depending so much on the, on the miracles, but God is just continually, every time, before you even get to pray and ask him, he supplies the need. He supplies the need. To walk by the Spirit is to eat the Word of God. That's what Jesus said. Isn't that what he said? Man shall not live by your normal carnal job alone, (laughs) but by every word that proceedeth from the mouth of God. There was a famine in Israel, and there was no food to be had anywhere. God sent Elijah to go, go down by this brook, and wait there. And then God start to feed him by a raven. A raven, a bird, an unclean bird, started to bring him food. God was trying to make a point. He can make even the, the devil work stuff out. <laughs> I'm not calling anyone a devil, but... <laughs> Where I was yesterday... God just had them, and it was nothing to do with me, eating out my hand. Because I told him, look, uh, this is not going to work, and I'm going to send you, and and you put it in. He said, sure, I'll put it in. He just agreed to do everything I asked him to do. So, (laughs) amen. You see, when when you have God's favor, you have God's favor, and there's nothing the devil can do. You can't curse what God has blessed. That's a losing proposition. That's why I'm not worried about what people say. Because you can't do nothing to me. The only person who can hurt me is me. If I start to doubt God's, the only person who can truly hurt you is you. Because if you will fulfill and start to walk with God, Bible says no good thing, no good thing. Let's say together, no good thing will he withhold. Amen. That's right. It is written, man shall not live by, but by every word. See, when you come to church, you're hearing a word that is going to fill your spiritual soul. It's not my word, it's his word. Amen. So we have to learn. So instead of I'm human as an excuse to walk in the flesh, try using I'm saved as a reason to walk in the spirit. <laughs> I can't do it because I'm human. Well, turn that around and say, I can do it because I am saved. Amen? So, led by the Spirit and, and walking with God is a key to blessing and favor, as I've been saying. Amen. Micah 6.8, and we've read this before, he says, He has showed thee, O man, what is good and what doth the Lord require of thee, but to do justly and to love mercy and to walk humbly. Not in pride, not because I'm better than him. I'm not. I, I'm just an, an example of God's sovereign mercy. A lot of times I ask him, Lord, why? In fact, 
the, the, the place I went in 2004, when I went there, I was, I was miserable and down because I was thinking, Lord, how come you, you don't do this for other people? You, you just did a huge miracle for me, and I was feeling so guilty, you know. I was feeling guilty because of God's blessing. I was like, I'm not worthy of this. Where none of us are worthy, it's God's grace and his love. But if we will respond, if we will start to walk, God can declare some blessings on us. He can declare some favor on us. He can declare his goodness on us. To walk humbly with thy God. The key is to walk. Genesis 6, 8 says, but Noah found grace. And that word also means favor. Why? Because it says Noah walked with God. Genesis 6, 22, thus did Noah according to all that God commanded him, so did he. See, the key to walking with God is just obedience. The more you obey God, the more you are pleasing, the more you will find his favor. You know, if you know someone's mad with you, you, you're reticent to go ask them anything. But if you're on good terms, if you're close friends, you're not so shy about, hey, I need a favor. So that's why when we are walking with God, the Bible says we can come boldly, not shamefacedly. But even then, as long as we come, God is rich. The Bible said he is rich in mercy. Amen. If we will come to him believing, God will forgive. He, he is a God of mercy. I, I'm an example of that. I, he has been so merciful and gracious. Amen. Psalms 84 verse 11 says, For the Lord God is a sun and shield. The Lord will give grace or favor and glory. No good thing will he withhold from them that walk uprightly, uprightly. Now, as I said before, it doesn't mean that we won't sometimes stumble. Sometimes we make mistakes, but you have to get up. That's what Jesus said to the man that was sitting there for 34 years. He said, get up, take up your bed, and do what? Right? You want your miracle? All right, I'm going to give it to you. Get up. Now, that man had to respond. He could have said, but I can't get up. That's why I'm here. But something about what Jesus said and the way Jesus looked at him inspired faith. He then started to make an effort. And suddenly he found he was able to get up. I'm sure he was shocked. When God does some stuff for us, sometimes it proves we're in unbelief because we're shocked. It's surprise. Oh, you did it. I was praying for it, but then you actually did it. (laughs) And we're surprised. The disciples were surprised when he spoke to the wind and the wave, and it stopped. Yet that was the thing they were asking him to do. (laughs) Save us, we're dying. Peace be still. Oh, he did it. (laughs) Think about it. They were asking him to, to save them, to stop this wind and the wave. Then when he did it, they said, oh, even the winds and the waves. That's the very thing they were asking, showing you. Although they were asking him, they were in doubt. In doubt. See, we have to trust God that he will never leave us nor forsake us. You know, every, every bad thing in my life has either been me or someone else. It's been never God. It's been 90% the choices I have made or someone else has made. I can't think of anything God has done to me except to try and raise my faith. He led them in the wilderness for a purpose, so he could demonstrate his glory. Jesus in the New Testament was 
and this used to bother me, was led of the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted. You are going to be tempted. Your faith has got to be tested to see whether it's going to stand. When you walk with God, Satan's not, not just going to let you alone. He's not going to let you just walk on up by. He's going to say, let's see if they are a child of the king. He came to Jesus and said, if thou be a son of God. I want to I see if you're, if, how your sonship really is. Let's, let's do a little bit of testing here. But here's what Psalm says. For the Lord God is a son and shield. The Lord will give grace, unmerited favor, and glory. No good thing will he withhold from them that walk uprightly. See, that's why I'm doing so much better than I deserve. The key to blessing and favor is one word, obedience. Yes, Noah was saved by grace, but he was also saved by obedience. God said build a boat, though they had never seen it rain. Everybody thought he was crazy. What is this old man building this big old boat in the middle of nowhere? Uh, some of you have been down to Ohio and seen that the, a replica of the ark. Maybe next year we'll, we'll plan a church trip. We'll go down and take a tour. It's, it's done exactly in dimensions of the ark, and that thing is 400 and something. Can you imagine building a boat in the middle of nowhere like that? People would think you're crazy, but he was obedient, and because of that, he walked with God. See, to walk in the Spirit also has another element. After we've breathed, after we've ate, then it, it behoves us to help other people. We have to show love. Walking in the Spirit means remaining in his love. John 15, 9 says this, As the Father has loved me, so I've, I loved you. Now remain in my love. As I said, if we had gotten the message that we'd run millions of dollars, we'd be so happy, we'd be, you know, you'd be smiling at all your enemies. All your enemies. You wouldn't care. Because you can't do nothing. I just won 500 million. Do you know the Powerball winner? You think he's going to be too upset about the tax bill or the fact that his car is 20 years old? No. He'd probably give it away. Probably won't even go and pick it up from the dealership. <laughs> See, if we understood what God has got for us, the Bible says that when this man found out what was in the field, he sold all he had to buy the field because what was in the field was so much more valuable than everything. You know, if you, if you got a, a brand new, I don't know, I saw um, on YouTube uh, that Land Rover has come out with their top-selling model now at a, at a, at a, a very cheap $250,000. <laughs> That's their, their, their latest Land Rover. Now, if, if someone gifted you that, uh, I don't know what model car you're driving now, but you probably would, would not uh, turn it down, would you? <laughs> Amen. We have been given the opportunity for something so much greater that we have been given the ability to walk with God. We need to remain, the Bible says, in his love. Remaining in his love. Let's look at this a little bit deeper. Romans 2, 6, it says, Who will render to every man according to his deeds. To them who by patient continues. This takes patience. The Bible says to run this race with patience. Because sometimes we do not see the fruit of what we're working for for a while. But you have to have patience. They that wait upon the Lord, he shall 
he shall, not he may be, he shall renew their strength. You see, this race has to be run with patience. We may not see everything we want right away, but if we're patient, God will come through. To them who by patient continuance in well-doing seek for glory and honor and immortality, eternal life. Now, as I said, you can't work to get in the kingdom. But as I said before, when you're in the kingdom, you do work. God doesn't just want us to just sit there. He wants us to be a channel. We want blessing? Well, be a river. Not be a lake. Be a river. Don't hold it all for yourself, but let whatever God allows you to do flow. Whether it's to pray for someone, whether it's to visit someone, whether it's to encourage someone. It may not be money. Maybe we don't have it to give someone, but we can, we can pick up a phone and, and, and call someone and encourage them. Amen? Because we are blessed. The Bible says you are seated in heaven. There are people in other countries who would, who would swap anything to be in your position. As, as bad as you think you have it, there's some people right now who would say, let me have it. You, you, I'll, swap, I'll swap right away. It says this, to them who by patience, patient continuance in well-doing. Sometimes we keep helping someone, keep helping someone, and we don't see them change or anything like that. You know, it's, it's frustrating. But God sees. God sees. Seek for glory and honor and immortality internal. But unto them who are contentious and do not obey the truth, but obey unrighteousness, indignation and wrath. That's the reward of disobedience. Tribulation and anguish upon every soul of man that doeth evil, of the Jew first and also of the Gentile. But glory, honor and peace to every man that worketh good to the Jew first and also to the Gentile. For there is no respect of persons with God. You know, you have to, I, I tell you how I deal with people who maybe get on my last nerve. I try and imagine them as a baby. I've told you that before. How many people hate babies? How many of you hate babies? No, you can't hate a baby. So I try and imagine them as a little innocent baby who somebody loved. That's how I try. Because that's how God looks at them. He's j- they're just as much a child of his as you are. They just may, may not have seen the truth as you have. And so we need to pray and show love. Amen. That's what remaining in his love. He says that they may know that you, they, are, they are my disciples by the love. That they show what? One to another. Now that doesn't mean you, you're stupid and you let people take advantage. The Bible also says don't cast your pearls before swine. But... If, if we can, out of a good heart, help, we try. That's what we try and do. Walking in the Spirit, as I said, is so that we are obedient, which God blesses. Deuteronomy 10, 12, and I'll soon be finished. And now, Israel, what doth the Lord thy God require of thee? But to fear the Lord, that means to reverence Him, to walk in all His ways and to love Him, and to serve the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul to keep the commandments of the Lord and his statutes, which I commanded thee this day for thy good. So, as I said, spiritual maturity, I put there, isn't measured by how high you jump in praise, but how straight you walk in obedience. Amen? Because I've seen so many people do all kinds of manifestations, and yet the next day they're disappeared. Can't see them. 
It's he that endureth to the end. The same. Right? You, you, can, you can burn the candle out and have no light in a day. Right? But you need to have the oil not only in the lamp but in the vessel. So it can be replenished. Amen. Walking with God is rewarding. But that doesn't mean that there aren't going to be some tribulations. As I said, I'm going to give you this example. And I told you a little bit about it in the beginning. God planned for them to go through almost the most difficult route from Egypt to Canaan. From a physical point of view, it would have been the most difficult route. But with him, it could have been really easy. He could have made it easy. The first time they came from Egypt to Sinai was only two months. Then they sent the spies. So it only took them two months. And yet, because of unbelief, they ended up in the desert 40 more years. Many times we could have crossed over our problem the first time. But because of disobedience or doubt or fear, we end up going around in circles. And then finally, when we overcome the promises, why didn't I think about that before? Why didn't I just submit before? Why didn't I just obey before? It would have been so much easier this time. Exodus 16.10. And it came to pass as Aaron spake unto the whole congregation of the children of Israel that they looked towards the wilderness. God appeared out in the desert. And the glory of the Lord appeared in the cloud. Here's the thing. Exodus 40, 36. When the cloud was taken up from over the tabernacle, the children of Israel went onwards in all their journeys. What I'm trying to say, in the Old Testament, walking with God was following the cloud, the Spirit of God. But if the cloud were not taken up when they journeyed, nor not till the day that it was taken up, then whenever the cloud stopped, they stopped. Numbers 9, 18 says, At the commandment of the Lord, the children of Israel journeyed, and at the commandment of the Lord, they pitched Uh, their tents. As long as the cloud abode above the tabernacle, they rested in their tents. Walking with God is just being obedient. Sometimes he'll say, stay. Sometimes he'll say, wait. Just wait. Don't go yet. Just like the traffic light. If you go when it's red, you might get hit. You just have to obey. We can't blame God after we get into an accident if we broke the law, right? If we we went through the, Lord, why didn't you you let this happen to me? Well, (laughs) you were disobedient. There's no one to blame but ourselves. And we see this, and this is what this lesson has been about. We see the same thing in the New Testament. Jesus being led into the desert. Being 40 days tempted of the devil. And in those days he did eat nothing. And when they were ended, he afterwards hungered. See, we will have a wilderness experience. We will be led into places where we don't want to go. So that God can prove his power in our lives. We don't like that. I'd rather not God, but sometimes God chooses to take us in a way so that he can demonstrate, so faith will be built, so we can grow. When you've been through some experiences, then you learn. Now, there were some people in the Old Testament who refused to be led. And I'm just going to give you a few examples of that before we finish. Saul had every opportunity to be Israel's great king, but he was disobedient. He would not be led. 1 Samuel 15, 9. However, Saul and the army spared Agag. He was told they had to wipe out all of the Amalekites because they hated Israel. And if he left any of them, they were going to come back later and destroy Israel. But Saul decided, you know what? I'm going to keep the best. I'm going to save the... He was disobedient. 
So he, along with the best of the flock, the cattle and the fatlings of the lamb, as well as everything else that was of value, they were not willing to slaughter them. But they did slaughter everything was despised and worthless. So he partially obeyed. Then the word of the Lord came to Samuel and said, I am grieved that I have made Saul king. There's some sad stories in the Bible. And one of the saddest of them is about the life of King Saul. When God says he's grieved about you, that's a, that's a very dangerous thing. That's a very sad thing. When we make God grieve, when we hurt God in other words. Because he would not be led. He would not uh, follow instructions. I am grieved that I have made Saul king because he has turned away from me and has not carried out my instructions. Samuel was troubled and he cried out to the Lord all that night. Samuel was trying to save him. Lord, have mercy upon him. Please forgive me. He'll, he'll, he'll obey you next time. But you know the story that he went on to do it again and even worse. Early in the morning, Samuel got up and went to meet Saul, but he was told Saul has gone up to Carmel. There he has set up a monument in his own honor. After first disobeying God, then he goes and makes a statue to his own glory. See, this is what happens when we refuse to be led. It always brings disaster. God was grieved by what Saul did. What God has called us to is to be a doer. You know what Nike's little symbol is? Just do it. Walking then is an action. Walking is a verb. It means to be doing something. If you could stand with me. James 1.22 But be doers of the word and not hearers only. Because if we are just hearers, we're deceiving ourselves. For if any be a hearer of the word and not a doer, he's like unto a man beholding his natural face in a glass. For he beholdeth himself, goeth his way, and straightway forgetteth what manner of man he was. I don't know if you've seen these things where they put a mirror up in the jungle and the bear comes up and he looks at the, looks at the, the picture of the bear and starts to attack and goes behind and he can't find the... That's us. When we do this, we don't realize that we're, we're not really seeing and remembering what we look like. The word, the Bible says here, is like a mirror, and it should show us the things that we need to fix. Maybe my tie isn't straight. But whoso looketh into the perfect law of liberty and continueth therein, he being not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the word, this man shall be blessed in his deed. This man shall be blessed in his deed. See, we have to kill this flesh to walk in the Spirit. Romans 8, 4 says that the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. For they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh, but they that are after the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. You know what it says, mind? You know what that means? Think. It's whatever you're thinking. What, what, what fills up our day? Be ashamed for us to say. Because we probably only give God a thought in the morning when we wake up and maybe a thought when we go to bed. That is walking in the flesh. And I know it's hard to find time to just be thinking about God. 
But that's what it's saying. For to be carnally minded or thinking all the time is death. But to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Because the carnal mind is enmity. That means it's hatred. It doesn't want to do what God wants. And it cannot be subject to the law of God. So then they that are in the flesh cannot please God. But if you are not in the flesh but in the spirit, if so be that the spirit of God dwell in you. Now if any man have not the spirit of Christ, here's the scripture, he is none of his. And if Christ be in you, then this body as far as God's concerned is dead. He's not counting it as alive. But the spirit is life because of righteousness. This is my last verse and I'm going to pray and close this. 2 John 1, 6, And this is love, that we walk in obedience to His commands. As you have heard from the beginning, His command is that you walk in love. Matthew 5, 44 says, But I say unto you, love your enemies. See, if you understood what you have got, there's nothing anyone can do to you. God has got such greatness still in store. The Bible says, if in this life alone we had hope. If this was it, yes, we could be miserable. But God has got eternity and things so beyond human words. If we can just hold on to that by faith. Walking in the Spirit. Amen. I hope you have been encouraged this week. Amen. I hope you have been blessed. Not because of me, but because of Him. Amen. That we have to first breathe. We have to take in His Word. We have to exhale. We have to walk by eating the Word. And we have to walk in love. If you can remember some of those things this this week. And when you get up, you just start to praise God. You're exhaling. And then you know what he's going to do? He's going to send his angel. I guarantee you. He's going to send his angel. Just as he did with Daniel. And he's going to give you blessing and favor. Hallelujah. If you could bow your hearts with me this morning. Father, we lift up your name. Lord, we exhale your praises this morning. We give you the glory because you are great and you are worthy of all praise. Lord God, we just thank you. We rest upon your promises. We rest upon your deliverance, Lord, and your favor and your blessing. Help us to walk worthy, to walk with you, Lord God, that your love can be poured out upon our lives. Help us to be obedient, oh God, to love one another. We thank you, hallelujah, and we give you the glory in Jesus' name. Give God a praise offering, hallelujah, amen.